Dear listeners, welcome to Faces of Digital Health, a podcast about digital health and how healthcare systems around the world adopt technology with me, Tiasha Zaitz. We're in the middle of a series of discussions about healthcare and digital health in Africa. And in the previous episode, you could get an overview of the healthcare market in Nigeria. Today, we're going to look at how do startups succeed in Nigeria through the eyes of Klafia, a digital primary care service that connects individuals and businesses to help practitioners to provide convenient, quality and affordable on-demand primary care from their mobile phones. I spoke with Jenny Nwokoye, founder and CEO of Klafia, who talked about what are the healthcare challenges in Nigeria, how do startups do business in Nigeria and why it is difficult to scale? And what's the relationship between local and international investors startups work with? Enjoy the show. And if you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter. You can find it at fodh.substack.com. I added the link to the show notes. And visit our website, facesofdigitalhealth.com, to find the full transcript of this discussion. The direct link is also in the show notes. Now let's dive in. Jenny, hi, and thank you so much for joining this discussion on Faces of Digital Health to share uh, your insight about what it means, how it is to build a digital health startup in Nigeria. So you are actually split between the US and Nigeria. Can you tell me a little bit uh, more about uh, that? So how come you live basically in two continents? Yeah, so I was born and raised in the United States, and then I moved to Nigeria when I was living, when I was younger as a child with my family, lived here for six years, and then I moved back. I've spent majority of my life in the United States. But as I started Klafia, I realized that it was very, very important for me to be on ground in Nigeria, to be closer to our customers, to be closer to my team, to learn more about the market, to strike better partnerships and quickly. And so I decided that I would split my time between Nigeria and the United States. Why I'm not here permanently is because I still do have my family back in the United States, and I still want to be able to be closer to them. Majority of my friends are there. So it just helps me have a little bit of a balanced lifestyle. So tell us a little bit more about uh, Klafia. If you look at the website, it has a very Western feeling to me, which I also noticed many other uh, startups or healthcare providers that are available online in Nigeria have. And oftentimes they are also founded by people from abroad. So how did you decide to create a company here? And how would you say that you differentiate from other healthcare providers in Nigeria? Yeah, as I started to say before, I was born and raised in the United States, and then I moved to Nigeria with my family in the year 2000, lived here for six years. And that was then the first time we experienced firsthand the difficulties of accessing healthcare. And so for us, it wasn't a function of could we actually afford it? It was more so where can we find the best hospital? How can we ensure 
quality of care and navigating a very fragmented healthcare system that relies heavily on word of mouth. I have two younger siblings that have a chronic condition, and my parents were just like, we have to move you guys back to the United States so you can have a better quality of life, but most importantly, to ensure that we can get access to better health care in the United States. So we moved back, but it was still an experience that stayed with me. I knew that if there's anything I wanted to do, get, to do to give back to Nigeria. Well, I wanted it to be in the field of healthcare, but I didn't want to be a medical doctor or a practicing physician or healthcare practitioner. So in the year 2016, I started to visit Nigeria more often. Um, I was visiting every year and I would just talk to people and just trying to understand what their experience was like accessing healthcare in Nigeria. And we would hear it, at least for me in the United States, we hear all kinds of stories. And I realized that the same challenges that I had almost 10 years ago at that time in 2016 had either stayed the same or had gotten worse. And so when I enrolled in my master's program at Georgetown University in systems engineering, I realized that I wanted to focus my project, that my first project I worked on, on on Nigeria's healthcare system and how we can improve processes, remove these barriers, and basically bring an integrated experience for a system that was very fragmented. And that's basically what started Clafia. We launched in June 2021 in Enugu, Nigeria, which is Eastern Nigeria. We started there because we wanted to make sure that we weren't solving for a Lagos market. I understand why a lot of com- companies, not just healthcare companies, they will, when they first come into Nigeria, Lagos is practically the place that they will start because it is the economic center of Nigeria. Um, but what happens when you want to scale outside the country, outside of um, Lagos, you realize that you have bigger challenges, right? You don't have the best infrastructure. And so we wanted to make sure that as we are learning the market and building in Enugu, we have good enough learnings that we can then take to a Lagos market and scale to other parts of Nigeria. How I would say what would make us different from Clafia is that Clafia is a what I would describe as a virtual primary healthcare center and wellness center. So a virtual primary health and wellness center. We are centered around the patient experience and wanted to make it more personalized, bringing healthcare closer to you. So we don't just help you to get that initial healthcare consultation by either sending someone to your home or doing a virtual consultation, right? We also help you with care, care navigation. So we have a network of trusted healthcare providers who can provide drug delivery, post-consultation, who can help with diagnostics. So someone can come to your home and pick up a sample, or we can refer you to your partner labs. I just had someone come to my, my apartment two days ago to pick up a blood sample that was analyzed and I got my results yesterday. That was pretty cool. I didn't have to leave um, my house or my apartment and go to a lab for that, right? Help with mental health services and referral to other specialists and hospitals in our network. So I want to say that we just have a more streamlined experience helping our customers get access to healthcare in a way that's personal, safe, convenient, and affordable. And that's what really makes us different. Additionally, we have a network of healthcare practitioners that includes nurses and community health officers. Particularly wanted to focus on that group because we realized that was the, when we compared them to actual medical doctors, they're, they have more capacity, um, but they're severely underutilized. They don't have, they don't have a lot of job opportunities for them. They don't work in the best working conditions. 
so we wanted to tap into them, knowing that they are the first level of, of care. They're able to provide primary health care services, and that helps ensure that we can meet demand. Another thing that makes us different is the tech stack that we use, right? I said we started to build in Enugu, and when we were building, we, our first product was a USSD-based platform. That essentially means that anybody who can come, anybody can come on our platform, can access Clafia without a smartphone or or without internet, without internet or data. And that was to ensure that we weren't leaving out a customer segment or anybody rather who, who didn't have those two things and can still access healthcare on our platform. Then we evolved to having a mobile app, to a web app, and now we're building our, our mobile app soon. Actually, we started to build it. And the final thing that I would say that I truly believe brings all of this together is our health savings accounts, right? So when people hear about Clafia, they tend to think of us as an HMO or health insurance, right? Um, but our health savings account allows businesses and individuals to put money aside that also gains interest over time. And they can use it to get access to primary health care from us, Clafia, or through our network providers as well. And that ensures that they are able to pay for health care as it comes. It helps to reduce the cost of care, um, but also provides a more flexible way to access health care as opposed to accessing health insurance in Nigeria specifically health insurance is penetration is below 10% there needs to be a lot of education done around health insurance a lot of people do not trust health insurance because they think it's a scam or they don't find value in it and what we've been able to do is use this health savings account that not only helps you get a better way to pay in, in, in a certain way, finance your health care spend or needs, but also helps reduce costs of care. And finally, you have access to a vetted healthcare network so that you can just focus on things that matter to you the most and not have to navigate a fragmented healthcare system on your own. So that's what makes us different. So who would you say that your targeted customers are? And I want to tie that to the broader picture in Nigeria. How would you assess access to healthcare for different groups in the population? Nigeria is a large country population-wise. It has 200 million people, which is basically two-thirds of the U.S. or the population of Brazil. So I think that gives us a little bit more or a better understanding of the size mm -hmm. of yep. the uh, market. Yes. Yeah, so I would say that right now, Clafia is targeting more so lower middle class to upper middle class. Initially, when we first started, we wanted to target the, the lower class, which is which comprises of majority of Nigeria's population. But we realized with the kind of capital that we raise, which is predominantly VC funding, we don't have enough resources to tap and penetrate that market, even though we had built a USSD platform with that kind of socioeconomic group. There's a lot of education you need to do, orientation, developing like healthcare plans that need to be significantly subsidized for them to actually see value and what you are providing to them. And with VC funding, venture capital, we don't have that time. And so we had to basically start targeting people who are more health conscious, who understood the value of taking care of their health 
and had the ability to, to pay for it. And so that orientation or that health education part is shortened. So we started to target business owners. So these are small, medium enterprises or even startups, right, that are initially starting or have been in um, operation for a very long time, have either provided health insurance for their employees before, but don't didn't see the value in it. They thought it was expensive or they're too small to even access health insurance to the, in the first place because they're too small. They can't afford it. And so we started to target these business owners and give them a more flexible way to provide health care for their employees. So right now we have over 100 businesses on our platform across various locations in Nigeria, and we are providing health care for their employees. What is also really cool about that is that their employees now will have their own personal wallet, and they are able to now provide health care for their families. So they have two pools of funds. They can get, they can tap into their employer funds to finance their health care needs, or they have their own personal funds that they put aside for themselves or for their family. And through that, we're able to target a lower middle class to upper middle class. And then for our B2C, which is direct to consumer, we are targeting a more younger population. So they're typically students, young professionals, and they are either looking for ways to provide health care for themselves. They're more health conscious. So they want to they want a more affordable way to provide health care for themselves or for their families. It could be their parents or it could be their children. So that's our target market. And we believe that once we're able to grow and build more and get more critical mass, then we can really start targeting um, and penetrating like a lower class with the help of partners. So donor funds, bigger organizations, nonprofits, NGOs, even the government that will help us target that customer segment in the future. And how would you assess basically the quality of healthcare in Nigeria and access to care. Nigeria has 0.2 doctors per 1,000 people. So I really wonder, like, where do you get the workforce that works for you? Yeah, that's and that's exactly why we had to tap into nurses and community health officers, right? Because they are the first point of content. Their contact, they are embedded in the community, and people reach out to them first when they want to access primary health care services. And so that ensures that we're able to meet demand, right? We started off by recruiting army, our community health officers, our nurses, by going to the, the, the schools where they would graduate from or looking for groups, looking for their groups on Facebook and just telling them more about our services and stuff like that, what we do, what they stand to gain by being an employee or a part-time employee with CLAFIA. And then our community just grew. So we have over 300 health practitioners comprising of nurses and and community health officers in our community. And they're there whenever we need to meet demand. So we have health practitioners that we have in-house or that work with us full-time. But whenever we have, um, we need to be, when we need to meet um, the demand, we have more demand um, than usual, then we'll tap into that community of health practitioners and they already have a kit. They've been um, onboarded on our platform. They've been oriented to our platform. They know how to provide healthcare the Clafia way. And that's how we're able to ensure that at least from a primary healthcare perspective, we're able to meet the needs of our customers. When most people are seeking healthcare, they're from for the most part seeking primary healthcare services anyway. So at least we can meet 
that demand in that way. When it comes for a continuum of care for secondary care, that's where our partners come in. So we partner with other healthcare startups that can help with our drug delivery. We um, partner with other healthcare startups that have a, a network of specialists, brick and mortar facilities, so hospitals that we can refer our customers to for that continuum of care. These partners are vetted and we, we work with them to ensure that they can provide a seamless experience for our customers. For example, because I am a Clathia customer, I would be able to, if I needed diagnostic testing and I need to go to a lab in, in person, one of our partner labs, Clathia would refer me to one of our partner labs. And as soon as I get there, I get priority treatment. So I'm not waiting in the waiting room for a very long time. I would just let them know that I'm coming from Clafia and they will attend to me immediately. That's essentially what happens when they go to brick and mortar hospitals or see specialists. And so that's how we're able to ensure quality and care and to ensure that we have the capacity and the workforce to meet demand and our customers' needs. Mm -hmm. And so that basically, if care needs to be advanced, patients are not left on their own. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so if I just try to figure out the broader picture uh, in Nigeria, how would you describe the state of healthcare in terms of its weaknesses and in terms of its strengths, but also in terms of the private providers such as yourself that are perhaps uh, present on the market? Are they usually um, specialized for the Nigerian healthcare market? Do you see that uh, they're present more broadly uh, in the African countries? What are some of the observations that you have in terms of the market? Yeah, so I'll start by speaking about Nigeria's health infrastructure. Our infrastructure, our healthcare infrastructure needs a lot of work. And that's where we're seeing more private entities coming into the space, be it a startup, be it companies that have better funding or bigger organizations that come from the West and are now trying to expand into Nigeria. And we see them coming into the country to make up for where the government has lacked or where those, those gaps are. I'm happy that we're seeing a rise in healthcare startups that are um, bringing tech and making and helping tech to, and are using tech rather to either increase access, how we access healthcare, how we pay for healthcare, how we receive healthcare, right? Be it in delivery of medicine, diagnostics, genomic testing, mental health, but we need better infrastructure. And I believe our infrastructure would only make the tech experience much better for us. And so I would love to see more investment in our brick and mortar infrastructure. And even those things are dependent on that, that are not directly related to internet, right? I, there are times where I, I, I can imagine a customer is trying to do a teleconsultation with a doctor, speaking to a doctor and it's the quality and the experience is not the best because of poor internet penetration or poor bandwidth and stuff like that. So we need better infrastructure. That's the first thing. The second thing is that we need more health care providers now, from different caters, either doctors, specifically specialists, right? So those um, health care providers that are more specialized, they're the ones that are more scarce and are leaving the country in droves to, to other um, countries, either in Africa or even outside of Africa for better quality of life, better opportunities, or just a simple career change, right? We need more um, healthcare providers on in, in Nigeria because what will happen is that if we're not training 
our healthcare providers quickly enough, as in comparison to the rate that they're leaving, we're going to have a very big strain on um, our healthcare system. And now if the government then says, I'm providing universal health care for every all Nigerians, right? It's going to bit and, and, and they now try to access health care. It's going to bit put a very big strain on our healthcare system. And so that's why we need to ensure that we are training more healthcare um, providers across different caters quickly. And also not only that, like providing great job opportunities that have good working conditions and they, where they are remunerated um, appropriately. Um, and how does that go together with private providers such as yourself that are trying to address the the obvious questions? Because as a company, you can build a national infrastructure, so exactly. the connectivity is going to be better. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that's so. I'll focus on healthcare startups, right? A lot of founders, a lot of healthcare founders or startup founders, are re- they start building these companies because they're passionate about what we want to do. We're passionate about what we want to do. We're excited about the opportunities. And then once we start building, we realize that we have to start solving for other challenges, right? So even from the healthcare providers that we we bring on board, sometimes we have to provide them with data because if they need to have access to data to provide to be able to have better experiences with our customers, right? So that's something that you don't anticipate, right? Even when you now want to start building a healthcare um, provider network that is outside the realm of what we do, what Clafia does, right? You have to, you start encountering brick and mortar health facilities that are not up to standard, right? They don't have all the equipment. They don't even, they may not even have the appropriate staff or enough staff to be able to attend to your customers. But how can, what can you do about that? That's nothing like, at least for Clafia, we can do anything about. We start realizing the quality of education. So I won't say like the quality of education is entirely bad, but those soft skills and other like skills that are needed, critical thinking skills that are needed in the real world, you realize that's not being taught in school or in the schools where they graduated from. And you see how that impacts their ability to 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 work, right? Not just from a health provider perspective, but just people who are working in different roles in your company. There's a lot of things at play when it comes to how these things affect the quality of healthcare and what we're able to, what us healthcare founders are trying to do in the private industry. I'll say that we're doing the best that we can, but we really need the support of the government. We need the government to to push friendly policies and enabling policies that will help us healthcare startups to thrive. Otherwise, a lot of healthcare startups will start but not last in the market for a long time because they were now having to take on the burden of solving for things that we can't necessarily solve on our own. So we're seeing private industry. We're also seeing not just private industries in healthcare, but outside of healthcare trying to solve for health, right? We see sometimes we see banks that are building healthcare facilities, hospitals. Some of health insurance companies have their own hospitals as well, just to ensure that we can provide a better experience for customers that need to access healthcare. So the private industry is also um, stepping in where the government should be and, and not existing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mentioned earlier that I'm noticing that a lot of startups or a lot of companies, initiatives in Africa are actually run by foreigners, by potentially large international organizations, or just by foreigners that had an idea, came to Africa to build their solution, give job opportunities to the local workforce, like the core team is still from abroad. So I'm really wondering, what do you observe in terms of the local innovation, local innovators, and also the funding that's available to local innovators? Because to a degree, I imagine that in your case, it's an advantage to also live in the US because then you have access to the US investors as well. Maybe we can touch upon that as well. Yeah. So I think to your point, there is somewhat of a Western influence of people who come from other um, countries, either from the West or Eastern part of, of the world um, to Africa, and they are able to start companies versus the local people who live on the continent. Sometimes you see more of an overbalance in other parts of Africa. So specifically for health, I would say in East Africa, that's where you start to see more foreigners in the healthcare space leading bigger healthcare companies or health tech companies or startups. In Western Africa, you start to, you won't necessarily see foreigners, but you would see people who, who have lived abroad and are coming back. To, to West Africa to build companies. And to your point, yes, you are correct. Like for me, who has spent majority of my life living in the United States, it is an advantage for me to to travel to the United States or even to Europe to, and have access to people who can fund Clathia, right? But I would say for local entrepreneurs, not so much. And that's where I believe local investors can come in. We do have a variety of local investors, specifically if I'm speaking for Nigeria, in Nigeria, and that has had a sharp increase since I'd say maybe 2015 is when we started to see a sharp increase of local investors on the continent. And they have funded various companies, right? As a matter of fact, Clafia's first institutional um, check came from a local investor. So that was really cool and very powerful for us because what that meant was that when we started to go on our fundraising journey and pitch to foreign investors, they see that they have someone on ground who is backing us. So that means they understand the market and they trust that we know what we're doing. So it's strong signaling, right? But even at that, a a lot of like local investors don't have a lot of funding either. So even though they, even though there are a lot of them, their fund size in comparison to their counterparts abroad are still significantly smaller. So they can't invest as in as many companies as they would want to. And we local companies now have to start looking to the West to get access to that capital. So I said, um, Clafia's first institutional check came from um, a local investor, right? When we look at our cap table, we will see a lot of local investors. But when we compare the amount of capital received, a lot of our capital came from foreign investors, even though they made up a smaller um, size of our cap table um, in comparison to local investors, which were many, but they weren't able to invest as much capital as they could because maybe they don't have a, a large pool of funds to tap into as well. So I would really like to see more local investors with bigger funds on the continent that can help 
local um, innovators get access to capital because not everyone is going to be able to access capital in the United States or in Asia and Europe, right? So we have to tap into our, our local network here. And also just adding to that, hoping that even the funds that are local for us, that they have great terms for founders as well so that we, we can build like companies that are going to be sustainable. And when we want to not raise further fundings, we're not tied behind our backs because we received funding from local investors, but we didn't get the best terms from them. I hope that answers your question. I, it just opens up new ones. I, I wonder how do then these investors work together and how do you see them as partners? Are the way that I interpreted your question is that to those investors from the West, they could be good partners in terms of understanding the, the local needs and the local ecosystem. But I don't know, are the benefits for, from, for you, apart from the monetary value, very different from the local to the Western investors? Yeah, speaking specifically for our foreign investors for Clafier, aside from the initial capital that they invested, they were also able to connect us to other investors who invested in Clafia. So that was great, right? But not only that, some of these investors have um, access to different skill sets. So they may not be specific to health, but they could help us with our marketing efforts, right? They can help us with our finances. They can connect us to people who can help us with that. They can also help us scale, right? So they might have invested in other companies across Africa or even in the United States or abroad, and they can help us enter these markets. If not, if Clafia wanted to scale into United States or into Europe, I can go to my investors and just ask them, hey, do you know of anybody in your network who can help us do an intro to X, Y, and Z company to for business development, and that will help our entry into the market? What do we need to do from a legal perspective? And that would also help our entry in, into these markets, right? So I'd say that's the value that they bring, at least for Clafier. And they also help with just supports, like emotional support, because building a, a company, particularly in Africa and Nigeria, is very hard. So they do are available. They're there for emotional support. They're there whenever I need to speak to them. I need to jump on a call. They are there and available. And then for local investors, for us to grow locally and penetrate the market, that's where we have our local investors. They can help us with to, to help us build um, stronger relationships with either companies that they have also invested in. For example, if Clafia needed a finance partner, I can go to any of my local investors and say, hey, which of your companies in your portfolio has is doing X, Y, and Z, and can you connect us to this to them? Um, or we need to partner with the government, right? Most times they will have contacts with people in the government and they can be our direct link to access people in the government instead of me going and personally knocking on doors. They are there to help us with that connection. But most importantly, they understand the needs of our of, of African founders in our context, right? So they can um, relate to us better and they can just help us navigate building a company in, a, in the local setting or in Nigeria, for example. And what would you say was the biggest challenge for you so far or is the currently uh, biggest challenge for you when further developing the company? 
Yeah. So I'll say this question varies on the day you ask me, right? If you had asked me yesterday, I would say team. But today I'd say the biggest thing is access to market. So when I look at healthcare or distribution channels, so when I look at the biggest healthcare companies in the world or United States, they're able to thrive because they have good distribution channels to basically access the market, right? In Nigeria, our healthcare system is very fragmented. And so trying to find those distribution channels are a bit difficult. If I look to the United States, I was able to access healthcare through my employer, either because my parents were employed and I was under their health plan, or when I got off their health plan and had my own health plan, I got it from my employer, right? 80% of Americans get access to healthcare through their employer. The other percentage get it through the government, right? And so that means if I had a healthcare startup based in the United States, I would go through health insurance companies to have like distribution, right? At least have access to a bigger market. Or other, if I was a a healthcare startup um, focused on pharmaceuticals or delivery of medicine, I would be able to visit the big pharmacy chains such as a Walgreens, a Rite Aid, a CVS to have access to market, right? In Nigeria, those um, distribution channels are not there. It's been very hard to work with those entities that should be able to give you distribution channels, so such as HMOs. But I think they're coming around to wanting to work with startups or tech startups. And then us as tech startups, right? Like we are all still new. We're still trying to find our feet. We're also trying to need access to funding so that we can grow um, as big as you would like. As we work together to get those distribution channels, for example, with Clafia, we partner with um, pharmacy companies that will also want to provide some form of tele- telemedicine services to their customers. So that's a form of distribution for us. Um, but we have to rely on how big their customer base is, right? The same with diagnostics. We can partner with a diagnostic company that wants us to provide primary health care to their customers in their labs, right? That forms as a form of distribution. But I think for companies in this market or in the African context, we'd have to look outside healthcare. Like we need to be more creative on how we can reach a, our, our customer base. So could we go through banks? Could we go through HR companies? Like where can we go through the food industry? How, where can we go to, to find our, our channels for distribution to be able to, to penetrate the market? And I think once we're able to do that, will definitely help healthcare companies grow Excel, scale out, scale faster in Nigeria, scale across the continent, but also attract better partnerships, more funding so that we can realize the the healthcare experience and system we want to see all over the African continent. I know that you have uh, more than enough ideas and challenges already on the Nigerian market, but I still uh, will ask, how do you see other uh, countries in Africa, are you looking at them as a potential new markets uh, to scale? Is it uh, not as easy as it may seem? Because, for example, in Europe, you would think twice before entering an, a new market because they differ so much. So how would you describe Africa from that perspective? Honestly, I might. I would assume that it could be the same in Europe. Africa is huge. You, then you have to consider different languages. 
different religious backgrounds, different cultural backgrounds, different like government structures, right? So for us, if, if I were considering scale, which we are, uh, but it might take some time to other African countries, I would focus on Francophone speaking Africa because that's where we see bigger opportunities there. In Anglophone speaking com- um, countries, you have more resources pouring in to these countries from the West or just an amount of funding or nonprofit organizations, just from the government. But that's not really the case for Francophone-speaking Africa. I feel like those areas are green, and that's where we can have our biggest impact going into Francophone-speaking Africa. The challenges then we will um, then um, encounter are, what is the government structure set up like? What kind of policies do they even have for the kind of health care we provide? Are we even able to provide telemedicine, right? Is that banned in the country? We don't know. Do they have the infrastructure, the language barrier, the cultural differences? Those are the kind of challenges that we will encounter. But I think if we're able to work with people who are now local in those countries, that can help us enter the market or at least have a, a, a softer landing as we're trying to enter those markets. And that's where local investors come in, right? Because they also have invested in companies across Africa. And so they would be able to connect us to a portfolio company, let's say in Cote d'Ivoire or Cameroon, and say, hey, Clafia is trying to enter this market. Perhaps you guys can strike a partnership to help with their the entry into the market. Or could you help them or could you connect them to someone in the regulatory environment, whatever the case might be, to help enter the market. So I believe it it would be hard. Maybe other countries that are where the government is more healthcare conscious or health conscious may not have much of a hard time. But I would say for majority of Africa it would it, it, it won't be the easiest thing trying to enter into most markets in Africa. Um, one thing that I kept thinking when you were talking about partners, investors, the support that you have, clients that you have, is also how do uh, startups or startup founders collaborate? What's the ecosystem like in that sense? Is there a lot yeah. of collaboration, a lot of support? Yeah. So I would say, on if I'm being honest and candid, right, when I first started Clafia, I felt like there wasn't more there wasn't in Nigeria I felt like there wasn't more emphasis on collaboration I think a lot of the healthcare companies were trying to do everything on their own but now we're seeing collaborations happen right like for Clafia for the kind of experience we want to provide for our customers we have to rely on those partnerships and collaboration because Clafia cannot do everything. And right now, I don't want us to do everything. We can't get into the business of delivering medicine because there's other things we have to take into consideration, logistics. And in Nigeria, they just removed the, the full subsidy. So now that is like driving the cost of goods, driving up the cost of logistics. That's another thing that, you know, I, Clafia, don't want to touch. But we have to rely on partners who can do that. We have to rely on partners for mental health services, right? So that we can have that symbiotic relationship. They provide mental health for our customers, but we're able to provide primary health care for those for, for their customers as well. So we have to rely heavily on collaboration and partnerships for us to grow and scale. Otherwise, Clafia would not last very long if we didn't do that. Mm-hmm.
You've been listening to Faces of Digital Health, a proud member of the Health Podcast Network. If you enjoyed the show, do leave a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast, subscribe to the show, or follow us on LinkedIn. Additionally, check out our newsletter. You can find it at fodh.substack.com. That's fodh.substack.com. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.